hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Dallas Morning News' Ballsy Podcast. That's Sports Day DFW and DallasNews.com's uh, award-winning Sports Day Podcast. Is it really award-winning? Yes, my family voted, and it's the best podcast in our family. Wow, that is so super. It was close competition. Are we going to have a banquet for that? Uh, we are having a party. Yeah, we super. will. It's from 4.18 this afternoon until 4.20. <laughs> uh and we are joined today on the Draft of Palooza preview by David Moore of the Dallas Morning News. David, thank you so much for joining us. Evan, there is no place I'd rather be. Oh my god. And you talked about in the pre show meeting, you talked about me being pre-show disingenuous. <laughs> wow. That was that wasn't that was hardly a meeting, Evan. That was like three words we spoke to each other. Barry uh, Branding. I was Barry, I was being Branding. disingenuous earlier. Yeah. But not once the podcast hey, hey David, Branding. we've done this week after week after week, and week Tell after week, and week after God, week after okay. week, things change. Things change. Yeah, and, and 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 it changed last week, the week before. What has changed now? Who tell us? Tell tell the world right now who the Cowboys are going to take with the fourth pick if they take a pick. Well, well, the buzz you are hearing this week is suddenly the Cowboys are fascinated with Ezekiel Elliott, and now teams that want Ezekiel Elliott must move up to number four in order to get him, because otherwise Dallas could take him. They're playing the game. The Cowboys are playing, right? They're playing the game. I mean, they have to do this, correct? Do they not, David? Well, again, I think it's, as we've talked about before, you know, people are saying, well, who do they want to take? Who do they want to do? It's like, why, this is proprietary information. Why in the world would anyone tell everyone else in the league, you know what, we're going to take Ezekiel Elliott at number four. If you want him, come on up. You create a scenario where Ezekiel Elliott, well, if we want him, we got to go up there. If we want Laramie Tunzel, we got to go up there to get him. This is uh, substru- and, This and is subterfuge. No, you if, know, you, if, Bosa, if you want Joey Bosa. No, if you told the truth, nobody would believe you anyway. So why not just tell the truth? And it's like a double reverse. Barry, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I no, I don't think. And let me tell you something. You for, let though. me tell you something. There have been plenty of stupid things that I've heard. No, <laughs> no. If you tell the truth, nobody would believe you anyway. The other teams wouldn't believe you, so why not just tell the Listen, truth? I, I just think you have to drive up some interest here. You got to get other teams to, to it, it, when you when you've seen what what the the top two picks got. Why wouldn't you, why in the world wouldn't you try to drive up some interest in that pick and four? Before you make this pick, you've got to see exactly what the complete value of it is. And if you can if you can turn it into something you feel is Yeah, you don't trade it, is you don't trade it today necessarily. But yeah. yeah, but but you you're sitting out when you're on the clock, you better be ready to make that deal. Absolutely. You've got to know what is what is available. So David, will they trade the pick? I don't believe so. I, I think that as we talked about before, I think there's a a finite window in which they would be comfortable trading back and still being able to get a player who can step in and help immediately at a position of need. I don't know that they can go back much farther than the early teens to do that. So, uh, And if they, and, and, if, yeah, they tra- if they traded this pick, I think what you talked about last week would be that they'd like to trade it down to a place where they might be able to get Elliott in the top ten picks 
And if they trade this pick now, it seems like whoever would be trading for it would probably be trading so that they could pick Elliott at number four. Well, that's the thing. I think there are a couple of, of destination players, if you will, that come into play. And if if uh, Jalen Ramsey is one of them, uh, if he doesn't go to three to San Diego, Laramie Tunt sold the best left tackle in the draft another, and Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the best running backs, another. And again, as we've talked about before, there, there seems to be some Twitter ennui or hatred going on about Joey Bosa, that he's not that good of a player. Joey Bosa is the best defensive end in this draft, and he's another destination player. So you you have four players potentially that are at the best of their position, and there's a drop-off after that, and that's going to encourage some teams to look at that. If you're Dallas, you want to make all of them think that we're willing to take any of those guys to see what the trade value is and then make your determination. But But I think all of this is them doing their due diligence, them getting a feel for the market. I believe the most likely scenario at this moment is for them to stay put at number four. I, you know, here's the thing for me with trading down, and I know that makes everybody nervous when they hear uh, talk about Jerry trading down. This is not like to me that they'd be trading down to 23. They're going to be if they trade down, as you said. I, I, I we think we've kind of determined, and then from what the scouts have said, there's about 12, 13, you know, really premium players in this draft. You know, it, I, I think if you trade it down to six or seven or eight. I think you could still get one of those players you just mentioned. I, I think one of those guys is going to be available in that, well, you're, in that range. Well, you've got to take Tunsil out of the mix because there's no need for a No, 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 you're not going to take him. No, so so you're, not. you're hoping if, if you trade down to six or seven. Well, he's going to be gone, you know, by that time. And you would think that Ramsey would be gone. So you're, you're really your only hope there is do you get – can you still get Elliott or Bosa. do you get Bosa, Bosa. At, at six or seven? I don't think you can trade any further down than that. I don't think you can either, and I think you can get that. But, uh, David, to, to the point you were making a while ago, last week when we found out that uh, Demarcus Lawrence apparently is also going to be under four-game suspension, that makes two defensive ends out for the first four games of the season. I even I swung back and said, all right, I, I get it now. now. Now you probably do need to take Joey Bosa because of that. Do you think the Cowboys – now, the first thing you said coming out of the box today was that uh, that uh, Elliott might be their, their guy. Do you think, though, really, deep down inside, they might be closer to taking Bosa because of what happened, or will that have no influence whatsoever? I thought Bosa has always been, uh, in, in my mind, if not the primary target, uh, the, the question was going to focus on, okay, if we don't take Bosa, why not? How much better is this other guy? I think Bosa's been a, a major player at number four from the start. I have always thought when all of the dust clears, the most likely pick for the Cowboys is Joey Bosa. Is that because now, you thought... if you're saying... I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead. David, is that because you thought Ramsey would not be there? Um, I, I thought from just a positional need and how difficult it is to get a blue-chip um defensive end mm -hmm. and from what i was hearing early on ramsey when you looked at the lack of turnover and interception numbers i thought that led toward bosa but okay. but the more you hear people talk about ramsey I, I think he is an exceptional talent uh who could excel at either corner or safety and i, I think you know if he was strictly a safety i would say well no way you're going to go bosa but this is a guy they feel could play corner and step in from day one and start from them. So the positional inequality between those two spots isn't that much. In mm -hmm. fact, they're pretty close as far as the Cowboys grade it. So 
so that's why I had Bosa over Ramsey initially. I, I think I think if they have a pick between Ramsey and Bosa, I, I believe they would probably go Ramsey over Bosa at this point. But you just uh, want to you just want to say Bosa a lot, a lot, yeah, a whole that, lot. No, no. Let me ask you this: uh, hey, hey, anyone, anyone who in his family was a hitman for. The Chicago mob, you got to like that. I, I, and I don't think that's actually true. I think I asked him that uh, at the the national championship game if he was related. I think he said that that is he doesn't think that's true, but he would like to think it was. Oh yeah, like he's going to tell it, it, you. It doesn't matter if that's true. He's like, not. He's not. Like, he's no squealer. He's no rat. Exactly. He's gonna, like okay. he's going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. So funny that, how. That brings up an, an interesting narrative on this podcast. Oh no, let's shoot it down. Let me spit oh yeah. Well, I, I also want to bring up the, the narrative that he has. Uh, two different color eyes. I don't. I don't know if that that has an effect on anybody here. Well, you know what the did scouts. You look, uh, did you did you look into his eyes? To <laughs> when see I'm that? talking to people, I look them in the eyes. Yes, I'm not like like some mealy mouth guy like you who's, who's looking at their navel while you're uh, asking questions. You yes. know how baseball scouts always say that guys with blue eyes they don't play well during the day for whatever reason. Yeah, and, whatever. And so obviously, guys with two different colored eyes. They might have trouble. I, I don't know. Night or day. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe both. David, hey, hey, before is, we get is, back is to there the... Any tie in, is there any tie-in with this and the, uh, what no. we were talking about with goalies last week that you guys were talking about? It was. I found out that it wasn't the goalies that are horny. It's um, <laughs> it's forwards, obviously. Yeah, it's, I it's thought apparently that. Forwards are horny. Goalies are, I guess, asexual. I, I, I don't know what the... Um, Proper description is there, but before oh we get God. back into the draft, you brought up an important point, or or Kevin brought up an important point on Demarcus Lawrence, who I thought was it was very appropriate that if a guy was going to get suspended for drug use, that it happened on April twentieth on four twenty. I, I <laughs> thought that was kind of perfect timing by the way. That was fitting. Yeah. Why? Why? Never mind. Tell, tell us. No. You're so tragically unhip. I, I, I want to know. Tell tell everybody. David, weed day. David. Oh, weed day. Huh? David. If, yeah. if you're without Demarcus Lawrence in those first four games, which are Giants at Redskins, Bears at home, and at 49ers, does that have any impact on, on this team's ability to win or lose those games? Well, I think you're looking at, you know, you're projecting, basically, in my mind, your two starting defensive ends are now going to be off the board for the first four games of the year, and Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence. Um Four games you can you can make do and you can alter the line. There's enough flexibility. Um, you know you could you could move Tyrone Crawford out to a right defensive end and uh, use one of your other defensive tackles to move them over to the three technique. Uh, so I think you can make do on a, on a four game basis. So I'm not saying that is the reason that Dallas would go all in and take right. a defensive end at that fourth pick because of four games. That that's remarkably short sighted. But I, I would go back and point to the fact that, uh, you know, after Jason Garrett took over this team, it was clear a reclamation project was underway in the offensive line, and this team threw very high draft picks at the offensive line. Barry shaking four again. Years David, Barry shaking again. Right. Well, I, I have to contradict you, David, or disagree with you, David, because now well, you then you're wrong. Well, well, probably, <laughs> but now you have two defensive ends who, who they, they could get suspended again. Uh, you know what? What happens next? What What's the next time if they get caught again? What What's the next penalty? Will you let me finish my point? Well, no, wow. because you said you said four games. Sh- looking at four was, games is short sighted. It 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 It's a pattern, and I, I think they have to be aware of that. 
Now, as now, was, finish your point. Going to say, as I was going to say before I was interrupted, Evan and Kevin, was <laughs> that, look, they threw all of their resources at the offensive line. They felt they got the offensive line in shape. Then they moved over and they said, look, we're going to keep throwing top picks at the defensive line until we get the defensive line in the position we feel it needs to be. They've moved, they've moved up and used high second-round picks on the defensive line in each of the last two years. They're still not at a position or they're not at a stage where that position is set. They are clearly going to throw another first or second-round pick at the defensive line. This is part of their pattern. And so, and, and you know, we talked about this last week, but I think the key is that they need to come out of these first three rounds with a defensive end and a quarterback. If you don't take right. a defensive end or the quarterback in the first round, then you're really up against it in the second and third because you don't have a lot of flexibility. And if you take either of those positions after the third round, your potential return on investment in year one is negligible, especially in the defensive line. Right. So um, I think they're going to take a defensive end at either – you know, number four or their first pick in the second round. Which would and be probably Kevin Dodd from Clemson. Is that is that what you think would be a logical guy? That would be a logical guy if he's still there. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying he'd be there, but I'm saying if that was, if he were, that he would be the the, the most logical by my. Shaq Lawson is, is, is a tackle, not a man, right? Right. Yeah. 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 No, and no. The other one, I think if you, if, you, if you felt there was a dominant defensive tackle there, it would be an outstanding three technique, which is the rush technique in Rod Marinelli's scheme. I think you can make an argument for taking that person and then, you know, moving Crawford back outside the defensive end. Uh, I know they like him at defensive tackle. They'd rather keep him there. But all these guys can move around, and you're going to make it fit, just like they did with Zach Martin. Zach Martin was people were going, oh, well, he's the right tackle. You have Doug Free there. Let's move him to guard. You move him to guard, and you go, this guy is dominant at guard. Why would we move him back to right tackle? So a lot of it's just getting the players in place, seeing how they fit, getting the talent in place, seeing how it fits, and going from there. And I think that's where Dallas is in the defensive line. The, the, again, the issue is if you don't do that early, yeah, I, I really do believe that there's going to be a run on quarterbacks late right. in the first. Thank you. And suddenly you're going to look up. You know, They brought seven quarterbacks in. I'm not so sure they don't look up at the end of the first round and five of them are off the board. Right. And that's exactly. what and that's uh, what John Gruden said last week. And Barry did have a Q&A in his hot air with uh, with John Gruden talking about different quarterbacks. And the thing that was most intriguing to me and we talked almost zero about him is Connor Cook of Michigan State and who comes from a program that's the most pro-friendly probably of any major college football program in the country. Uh, as, in, as far as their offense and what they do and the, and the number of pro quarterbacks they've turned out over the last 10 years. Uh, but what you hear about Connor Cook is that, well, he's, you know, is he another Jay Cutler? Is he, does he have that kind of personality? It, you know, he was not a captain on the team, that kind of stuff. But John Gruden says he thinks he's as accomplished as anybody else in this draft as far as what he's done in college and his future as well. So uh, when you hear John Gruden say that, it makes you think that, no, he doesn't get out of the first round. But let's say he does, and he's available with the third pick of the second round. Is that a no-brainer for the Cowboys there, or would they be scared off by his reputation of his personality? No, I think you have to give a strong look at him there. Now, again, I think there's gonna, one's going to play off the other. If you took Bosa in the first, then I think, yeah, you take a real strong look at Connor Cook. 
if you weren't able to get a defensive lineman in the first round and you're sitting there in the second, they're going to go, well, you know, I like Cook, but uh, will, will Prescott still be there uh, in the top of the third? Will Hackenberg still be there? Do we need to go ahead and take a defensive end here, use our third-round pick, package it, and move back into the second round to get a quarterback? Uh, these are the questions that are going to be – and it all goes in the order here, too, because, look, the top two are going to be a quarterback. And, and I know everyone is speculating, well, you know, Paxton Lynch, and he will be the next quarterback taken. You know, he's going to go in the mid-team somewhere, or, you know, he'll certainly be gone in that 15 to 20 range. But here's a scenario for you. Cleveland moved back to number eight got a lot of picks to move back six spots. Why wouldn't they take Paxton Lynch at eight? Now, you can say that's overpaying for him. Well, they got extra picks because they got so much to move up to two. I, I guarantee you they'll, they'll take him. They'll, they'll, they will take him at eight. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, because yeah, he's the third best quarterback. I don't think that's that at all, and I think that's a very logical thing because you, you put yourself in a position where you don't care if you take if, – you know, if you take Paxton Lynch – six picks of where he's projected to be taken based on talent. So what? You picked up an extra first, you picked up a second, you picked up all these other things from Philadelphia to move up. You can absorb that, and you know he's going to be gone if you don't take him there. And you got to have a quarterback. take a quarterback there. Yeah, you got to have he's a quarterback who everyone says, you know what, he may have the most upside in this draft, but he's not ready. He's, he's a couple of years away. Well, you have RG3 for a couple of years. Now, I don't know how good that dynamic's going to be, but... Um, you have something in place for the present. So I'm just saying if you have three quarterbacks, though, in the top ten, now suddenly teams are going to go, you know, from the from the middle of the first down to the late first, they're going to say, well, gosh, we can't wait till the second round to get Connor Cook. We can't wait till the second round to get Dak Prescott. We're going to have to jump up there and do something now. Hey, let me, David, let me just throw this in there because it's apparently out there this morning that – uh, our pal Sam Bradford has demanded a trade from the Eagles. Um, That's not that doesn't surprise anyone, does it? Well, I don't think it surprises anybody, but the fact that it's now actually happened is is worth discussing. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that that would be a fit, or that these teams would possibly consummate a deal, is there? No, I, I don't see anything. You talking I mean, about the, the Cowboys, Cowboys trading for him? No, I, I couldn't no. imagine that. A, that guy's making a lot of money. Owed, oh, my gosh. Yeah, for the money he's yeah. owed and where they are, it, it, it makes no sense at this time. Now, uh, in Bradford, I don't see anyone doing anything with Bradford now until the draft. So, you know, now now if you're, you know, if you're Denver or somebody and you're hoping to get a Connor Cook or somebody like that late in, or Hackenberg late in the first or they're gone or whatever happens and you don't get one, do you, you know, roll the dice and go, okay, well, he's not our first choice, but he's better than what we have. I mean, that, that's when that's when a Bradford is going to be moved. But he's also going to be moved, and he's going to have to talk to a team and redo his contract would be my belief. By the way, you know what else has happened in quarterback news this morning? <laughs> okay, what? You ready for this? Yes. Um, a federal appeals court has reinstated Tom Brady's four-game suspension. You are kidding. No. Oh, my gosh. This, is this headed to the Supreme Court? I mean, Deflate Gate is back, baby. Oh, that's what we needed, wasn't it? That's what we needed. No, I thought you were going to say that that Johnny Manziel had officially been indicted. Uh, I think that's happened too. Um, uh, it, it's it's out there somewhere. It's uh, a mis- it's the, a the misdemeanor indictment. Will be this you know afternoon, that. I believe he has been indicted, but it'll be announced. It'll be announced this afternoon. Okay, yeah, there we go. A so a lot of a lot of news on the on the quarterback front today. None of it actually involving a Cowboys quarterback. 
No. Hey, well, Tony Romo's birthday was last week. Does that count? How old is Tony now? 36? Oh, no, Tony Romo 36. and Queen Elizabeth both had birthdays. Queen Elizabeth? <laughs> they both. Versus, Who is Queen Elizabeth? Sources tell, <laughs> tell me they believe that Queen Elizabeth is older. <laughs> yes. And, but but, but, but not her, her clavicle. But her, 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 her clavicle is much healthier, correct? Like her, her clavicle? Yeah. He's had no problem with her clavicle. No. Hey, let me ask you this. As long as we're talking about players the Cowboys don't have. Josh Norman. The Cowboys will now have to go against him twice twice a season. Um, what is Washington doing? Or do you think that was a smart move? Or And if that was a smart move, why didn't the, why didn't the Cowboys have show any interest? Well, I mean, the Cowboys had an interest, but not at that price. Right. If you're going to pay the price that they did, then you're giving up in other areas, and and are they strong enough in those other areas to give up? I mean, that's always the question you're you're you know you, you have to wrestle with when you come up with these these big money free agent signings. It makes to me it makes sense to Washington from the standpoint that Washington must face Des Bryant twice a year, and I know everyone is focusing on that matchup, but they also have to face the Giants twice a year with O.J. Beckham, you know, with Beckham, Odell Beckham, and. Uh, Norman has shown uh, an affinity for bothering both of those receivers. Now, Dez last year wasn't at 100%, so it's going to be very interesting to see the matchups this year when he's at full speed. But Norman doesn't back down from these guys. He gets in their face. You don't need to do uh, as much rolling over the top, double coverage with safeties, uh, so you can play the rest of the team a little more heads up, and that gives you a big defensive lift. So the fact that in a division – Josh Norman can have a big impact in your game plan for four games. I, I can understand why they did it. Well, here's here's the thing for me, David. Now, I I, I want to bring up the fact that uh, I was in favor of the Cowboys signing Olivier Vernon, who went to the Giants, another team in the division. And then oh I was God, in, how many times are you going to tell us what you were in favor? Because of? here's the thing: because are they now down another defensive end? Or are not they missing the two? starting defensive ends for the first four games of the season. And as Barry pointed out... Are then, you not uh, the same guy who suggested that they take Joey Bosa because they're going to be without a defensive end for the first four games? Uh, no, that was yes. not not for because they're going to be out for the first four games. I said because it's, it's a possibility that they would... If Who says these guys are going to stay clean? Oh, my God. You only smoke weed one time. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the whole deal. because David, this is very confusing, I know, about this suspension situation. We don't know exactly yet what uh, Demarcus Lawrence is going to be suspended for. Is that correct? Is the performance well, they, enhancing they, a drug? They, they, don't, they, they don't announce that. Right. Um, they, but they're, you know, in the past, one of his previous ones has been for marijuana. My understanding is this one is not for marijuana. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, so it's a, it's a different deal. So it could be up to it, once he if he flunks another one after this, it's it's a, I believe it's a ten game suspension the next time, and then it's up to, then it's a year after that. Is that yeah, I right? believe that's it. And, and again, this you know this is a little unclear because a lot of times when you talk about people being in the program, it's like oh they're in the program for this, and when they relapse, it's the same uh, substance. Uh, with Demarcus Lawrence, my understanding is that's not the case. We're talking about different substances here. And, right. and one is, you know, a lot, it, it, it's Orlando Scandrick a few years ago uh, got for an amphetamine, uh, you know, it was Molly, what was it, it, which is cut with amphetamine, which is at that time was considered performance enhancing. They then moved it from the performance enhancing part of the drug program to the 
the drug abuse part uh, of recreational drugs. So now amphetamines, which two years ago were performance enhancing, now fall in line with marijuana or any any drugs of that sort. This so, is so street, man, talking drugs with David Moore. I, I like it. <laughs> like, well, I think it's important because we need to know where these guys stand. And that was my, my point was is that, okay, the Cowboys don't want to spend money, and I get that. You know, they, they want to be responsible and, and keep their powder dry for all these other things they've got to do. But I would like to point out something that, that ESPN had on its website, I believe it's today. Did they get that from Damon Marks? Where they were, no. Where they were, no, uh, that's it. We'll go into that later. Where they talked about the teams that are getting the least bang for their buck in the bottom part of the draft. And I want to remind everybody that, of course, the Dallas Cowboys came in as one of those four or five teams that that are getting the least out of the draft over the last, uh, I believe it's over uh, like the last five or six years. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, We we know they haven't gotten a lot there. But my point is, is that if all – the Cowboys' history, even though they've been doing better in the top half of the draft recently, they're still not getting players in the bottom half. So these positions, these prime positions, defensive end and cornerback, all right, we're not going to spend money on these guys. We're not going to go out and get proven players. We're going to draft them. I'm still not confident that this team can draft and find those kinds of players, certainly not after the third round. Well, that's a very valid point. And what you have with the Cowboys – is that they're doing a good job of drafting up at the top of the draft, as you mentioned now. Uh, and, and I would argue they still do a better job than most teams of picking up undrafted rookie free agents that come in and make a contribution. Uh, Lyle Collins falls into that category from last year. You have a, you have a defensive captain, Barry Church. Uh, you know, you have Dan Bailey. You have lots of guys here that they pick up, obviously Tony Romo being the prime example. Uh, they do a good job once the draft is over. But it's that middle part, it's the middle class, as we've heard in this uh, election season, that uh, is being squeezed, and they haven't done a good job there. And they have to do a better job there. It, you know, look, we, we just talked about Josh Norman. When was Josh Norman taken? He was a fifth-round pick. Right, uh, and, that's, and that's, what, that's what they're not – and that's where you find a lot of – quarterbacks in this league are taken in the fifth round. Rich, Richard Sherman. Seattle. Yeah, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was a fifth round. Right. Uh, uh, you know, they – Dallas took a cornerback in the year that Richard Sherman was taken in the fifth round, uh, a guy who's no longer in the league. And Richard Sherman goes on to be a Pro Bowl player. Uh, you have lots of, you know, I, you go back to this the Super Bowl this past year. Um, I think there was only one player uh, in the starting defensive backfield for both teams that was taken above the fifth round. And Denver had an outstanding defense, and, and, and so did Carolina. So I mean, you can. You can pick on these players if you know what you're looking for. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's been a failing on any one part. I, I think the, you know, I can't think. I don't think you can say it's the personnel department's part or the, or the uh, the coaching staff fault. I, I think all of them being on the same page. Uh, I think that has been uh, an issue, and I think we've seen signs over these last two to three drafts that they're doing a better job of, of melding. Uh, what the coaching staff wants in a player, what the personnel staff is looking for uh, to, to get a fit. All right, David, this is uh, we, we have got to go. We are just running a little bit behind today. Um, before we let you go, I want one two-word answer from you, and that is Cowboys first-round draft pick. What? Give me a name. Yeah, we Bosa. Kevin, give me a name. I say Bosa. That was three words. Okay. 
You asked for two words from David, not Kevin. Yeah, that's right. Two words. Joey Bosa. Barry. Bosa, comma, Joey. I will stick with Jalen Ramsey so that we can have a differing opinion. Okay? Uh, David, it has been a great pleasure being with you. Um, and we look forward to speaking about something other than the draft with you, but that probably won't take place for another couple of weeks. Another, another yeah, month or two, yeah. Right. Uh, next, maybe perhaps next week we can review the draft. Well, that's what we will be doing. So, David, thank you so much for joining us on, on Ballsy. Uh, Mike Heike was on to talk hockey with us and the Dallas Stars, and we are going to have Doug Brocale, the Rangers pitching coach, on to talk about uh, all things pitching. So, you have been an outstanding guest, and we will talk to you soon. You'll have a uh, little gift in the mail for it, that, too. I just want to thank the three of you for this opportunity every week. <laughs> thank you, David. David, you're one of us. It's, not, it's no longer a three-man <laughs> podcast. Because yeah, right. you speak on the intro, too. You're the first guy people hear from. That's true. All right, David, take care now. Okay, you too, guys. Bye. Bye. All right, we are out. See ya.